Welcome back to the League Lineup. This is episode 11, the Carson Wentz episode. Um, this is uh, this is Friday, uh, September 15th, just after the day after the Eagles beat the Vikings on Thursday night football, 34-28. Eagles moved to 2-0, Vikings dropped to 0-2. Um, you know, there's lots to talk about about this game. You know, um, it seems like once again, you know, we're split as a as a fan base on how to feel, and hopefully, you know, we can or at least I can because I don't I know how Bryce feels. Uh, we can I can provide like a like a voice of reason. Uh, Josh, I feel like is indifferent uh, from the brief conversations we've had before we started recording. So I'll be the voice of reason. I'll I'll make you feel a little more optimistic about uh, the season going forward. Um, so yeah, uh, Eagles win. Um, the the score was close, but I feel like the game wasn't that close in terms of I guess like the feel of the game. Uh, it seems like the Eagles were always in the driver's seat, um, and you know I really wasn't on the edge of my seat. Um, so while while it was a six point game, it just it it didn't feel like a six point game. Um, as most of you are well aware, the offense was kind of bad in the first half. Uh, up until that that one drive in the second quarter, uh, which we'll get to because we're going to talk a lot of uh, uh, DeAndre Swift here. Um, but yeah, the offense, you know, didn't didn't look like the offense of last year, and then all of a sudden we start running the ball, and it looked like the twenty twenty one season. Uh, we were just led the league in rushing, and we just pounding the ball, and it was beautiful. Uh, but let's, let's get to it. We'll talk about the offense first, uh, since you know I already brought it up. Uh, Brian Johnson is a hot topic amongst this community, and I think he'll be a hot topic for the rest of the season, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, he, I'll give him credit with like, with this. He, instead of continuing to try to, you know, make the big plays and make Jalen run because everybody was tired of Jalen running. Those quarterback powers, quarterback counters, just not it. Just not it. Uh, fans got tired of it. They booed. They booed the, the hell out of the Eagles. Um, but he adjusted. He definitely adjusted. Um, they finally gave the under Swift the ball, and they're like, this guy can run. Look at him. Look at this. And uh, that was the story of the game. It was DeAndre Swift and the run game carried uh, the Eagles to victory. A uh, couple of, uh, you know, shot plays there to, to Devontae Smith, um, which one turned into a touchdown. One of them could have been a touchdown. But, uh, but yeah, so let's talk about it. Um, Bryce, give me your initial reaction to the Eagles offense uh, last night. And just, you know, let let's, let the listeners know how you feel. So, coming out, coming into this game, um, I was expecting a lot more. Uh, a lot more um, passes downfield. Um, didn't really turn into that. Um, but I got to give credit to the Vikings defense when it came to taking away chunk plays and um, shots over top. Um, they played, they looks like it felt like they were because obviously we couldn't see it from the initial broadcast, but felt like they were dropping everybody in coverage. Um, Jalen didn't really have nowhere to throw. You saw a couple times where Jalen was like anticipating throwing, like he was he was ready to launch it and uh, he kind of he second guessed, but um, the play calling offensively. I did not like the first quarter and mainly the first half. Uh, you you hit it pretty much on the head, Chase. I don't, I, this quarterback power stuff, this quarterback run, this ain't college, Brian Johnson, and you ain't got Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson like uh, you had when you were in Florida. Um, I, that needs to get out of the playbook immediately. That and some of these wide receiver like bubble screens, stuff like that. I, I don't ever see them working. <laughs> Every time we've tried to run them, they don't work. Um, I think the offensive line played played really well in this game. Um, but the first week, 
I think a lot of that, a lot of the stuff with Jalen um, kind of faulted the offensive line to that. But they played well this game. Um, there's just – I don't know. There's some games where the run is way more effective than passing, and that was just one of these games. Um I think Brian Johnson adjusted well when he started to realize that, that passing the ball is not going to win you this game. Uh, let's just let's just bully them and run this ball down their throat. Um, so I thought that was good. Uh, like you said, some shots plays here and there, but it was mainly a, mainly a running game. Yeah. And so, you know, looking back at the game and even the Patriots game, uh, the Vikings didn't dial up a lot of blitz, but I feel like whenever they did, um, for the most part, the Eagles weren't super prepared for it. Uh, I'll never understand why, you know, in the years past, if they bring six and that you can tell they're bringing six, um, instead of, I don't know, having the running back, you know, block, they just, they're like, Hey, Jalen, make the guy miss. It's hard to make the guy miss. Um, especially whenever the guy for coming free is either the super athletic fast the end or this, you know, a cornerback who is just as fast, if not faster than Jalen is probably faster. Um, so, you know, that's something that I feel like most of us are tired of. Um, the, the play calling, he just, Brian Johnson is just not getting the Eagles in like a rhythm. I feel like, and you know, Jalen played bad. We we can we can say it. Jalen Hurts played. I wouldn't say bad. Bad first half. He kind of figured it out a little bit in the second half. But he's not the Jalen that we saw in the Super Bowl or at any point last year. And I do I do think that is more so on Brian Johnson and not getting the offense kind of in rhythm than it is Jalen just not being that guy. So, you know. Hopefully, this this ten day span, I, I this is where you make the big changes and you, you kind of look in the mirror and you're like, all right, what do we got to do to fix this, uh, and then you start implementing some things to try and fix it. Um, you know, next next week we have I would say a weaker opponent in the Bucks, so you know another perfect opportunity to try something and trying to try to start a rhythm. Um, and Josh. What was your initial reaction to the offense from last night's game? Yeah, especially in the first half, it seemed like we were just out game planned. Uh, it seems like we came out expecting to throw the ball a lot, and the Vikings seemed like they were dropping like eight guys in coverage at times. Yeah. Um, I do like how we adjusted in the second half, but like you guys said, I would like to see a lot less, uh, a lot less uh, designed runs for Jalen. I think uh, you know it's one thing, you know, when he has to. Uh, get out of the pocket and extend the play. But um, like you said, I mean, this isn't college. Uh, you know, he's our franchise quarterback. I don't, I feel like we should try to, you know, keep his runs to a minimum if we can. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I mean, overall, um, you know, first half, I was definitely disappointed with how he was playing. Um, you know, he had that one pick where it felt like he just kind of underthrew. Uh, I think it was Devontae Smith. But uh, I mean, overall, you know, he was 18 for 23, um, you know, only less than 200 yards, but, it didn't seem like he was missing open receivers. It seemed like they just, the looks weren't there and it was kind of a game plan, uh, like more of the fault of the game plan than him. Uh, so, I mean, I'm optimistic overall. I think, I mean, I'm glad we won. It's nice to be two and zero and know that we have a lot more potential than we've shown, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was as bad as it felt at the time. And like you said, even though it was only a six-point win, it never felt like it was that close. Yeah, and you bring up a great point. We're playing bad, and you look all around this offense. We still have we still have the best offensive line in football. We have you know one of the, the top receiving duos in football. Dallas Goddard is still at least a top five tight end. I don't know what's going on there. I feel like that is also kind of like a scheme thing. Um, you know, and then the emergence of DeAndre Swift, who we're going to talk about next in his homecoming game, showed that 
there shouldn't be this running back by committee that, you know, they try to implement in the first game, even though that wasn't even running back by committee because it was uh, Kenneth Gainwell's, um, you know, spot. But, I mean, 28 carries, 175 yards, one touchdown. Should have had three touchdowns, let's be honest. But, you know, he got his touchdown, finally, thank God. Um, yeah, but before we kind of take our deep dive in – to DeAndre Swift, I do want to bring up another player who was also great in his brief um, appearance in the game. Boston Scott had five carries for forty yards. That's eight. That's eight. That's eight a pop. You know, um, that's great. That's great. He is Boston Scott's a fan favorite. I love him to death. He looks. He looks. Plays like Darren Sproles, and I love Darren Sproles. You know, everybody loves like a nice little underdog story. And, uh, you know, being the smallest guy out there and watching him just run hard, it's fun to watch every time. And it's somebody that you can definitely, you know, get behind. And then there's one more player I want to bring up, and then we can talk about DeAndre Swift and how much we love him and how much we think he's the best running back in the game. Uh, Rashad Penny. We're going to talk about him very briefly. Um, I was a big Rashad Penny believer in the preseason. I I defended him any chance I could uh, because – you know, maybe maybe he was kind of hesitant to you know really show his burst because you know his, his his injury is was tough. It was tough to come back from. It probably doesn't feel great to have that in the back of your mind as you're playing. Um, but man, he does not look like he has any type of juice whatsoever. Um, and I can I can see him getting cut, and in, in the very near future. Um, you know, what did, what did he have? He had, like, what, five carries, four carries for, like, ten yards or something like that? It was it was not good. Three for nine. Three for nine. Yeah, three for nine. That's that's not good. That's not good. I need one catch for five. So also not good. Not good. Yeah, not good. Especially whenever, you know, you got DeAndre Swift and Boston Scott just going off. Why aren't, why aren't you, you know? Um, so, you know, I defended him. I can't defend him any longer. Uh, I know he got a, just a brief chance to show what he can do. And maybe, just maybe, next time, it'll be better. But uh, for now, I can't. And, you know, if he didn't play in this game and we cut him next week, he'd be right up there with Frank Gore in the rafters, baby. Uh, that jersey's <laughs> that jersey's going to be up there forever. Uh, but, yeah, let's get into it. DeAndre Swift, like I said, 28 carries, 175. Uh, I didn't think he was going to be that good. At any point in the season, what's that average out to? Uh, math here. Uh, that's like it's like four. It's like four, right? Twenty-eight, fifty-six, six point two. My math is bad. Six point two yards per carry. Uh, that is good. That's good. That's, that's real good. good. Very that's good. Very good. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, he just uh, I know people on. Twitter this morning and even some of the, the beat reporters podcast I was listening to, they're like comparing him to LaShawn McCoy. And at first when I, when I listened to it this morning, I was like, nah, I like, not really. Like LaShawn McCoy was, was the most entertaining thing to watch at some points in my life. That like that, that snow game against Detroit, I'll never forget where I was and like what, what happened that game. Cause that was an awesome game to watch. But then I thought about it as the day went on, and I was like, you know what? I can see it. The way, and then, like, I just remember watching last night, and the way he would, like, wait and then hit the hole whenever it was there was was awesome. It kind of reminded me of, like, all the memes whenever Le'Veon Bell was doing his thing in, in Pittsburgh where he would just chop behind the line and then hit the hole. It was almost like that, but obviously a little bit faster. Um, but, yeah, man, what a what a what a – performance uh back in philly um he runs aggressively man he, he does he runs very aggressive and the, he he made it out of some spots where i was like oh he's about he's he's getting tackled here no no dude like he it was wild to watch bro there were, i even texted you a couple times during the game chase i'm like how the fuck did he not get tackled right there dude i was like that don't make no i was like how does he get out of that I don't know, uh, man. He's he's really elusive. Yeah, and I think the the thing that I just I realize now is he, you know, I, I didn't picture him as like a power back, and he's not a power back. That's just that's not what he is. But he runs with power, and so I, you know, there was times where during a play he got he'd get hit, 
like one yard into it, but he would carry them four or five yards and get that six. That's still six yards. That's impressive. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does this whole season, especially if they stop feeding Kenny Gainwell the ball. Uh, I don't know who I was listening to. I don't know who it was, what it was, but Kenneth Gainwell does the least with the most opportunities. He is a very solid player, a very solid player, but he is not doing anything with the ball when he has when he has it. He will get the bare minimum. Um, where I feel like DeAndre Swift exceeded expectations, and if it looked like it was going to be a two-yard gain, he got five, six. Um, honestly, that jersey might be the next purchase I get, especially if he stays healthy and he goes crazy for the rest of the year. Um, Josh, I want to hear your opinion on the under Swift. Do, do you think we completely fleece the Lions? Which I think the answer is yes. Just tell me, tell me what you thought. Yeah, I mean, I think we absolutely fleece the Lions. I mean, I know he's on the uh, got a year left on his deal, and it's kind of sad because you know if he keeps this up, I don't think we're going to be able to keep him next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to say like I mean, I obviously I didn't expect you know 175 yard game out of the gate or second that is game, crazy. but that is uh, crazy. it is crazy. But um, I definitely had high expectations for him. I definitely think uh, I probably expected more out of him than most. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's been he's looked fantastic. I think uh, he's my favorite. I think I mean, I'd say he's probably my favorite Eagles running back to watch since. I, don't know, I really like the Garrett Blunt. So I'd probably say like the Garrett Blunt. But uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But um, that dude's a fucking tank. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a perfect fit. I think he, uh, you know, he's running rampant behind our line, and uh, yeah, I think he's gonna have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I think he's gonna have really have a monster year. I am kind of surprised that we're not throwing the ball to him yet much. Um, I don't remember what he did against the Patriots, but I know he had no reception. I oh, know he had three receptions last night for six yards, but uh, I figured he'd be more of a factor in the passing game than he's been. But uh, I mean, when you're running the ball the way he was, why change it? Oh. Yeah. Go ahead. Real quick, um, just so I, I understand a lot of the DeAndre Swift praise. I'm, I thought the dude was incredible last night. Are you night. around on a parade? No, absolutely not. That's just like what you're doing. No, I'm not. Until you set us up to <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I promise, I, I promise I'm not. I'm not running on a parade. I'm just giving the light to some other people. But the offensive line played incredible last night. Like some of the whole, like from some of the different camera angles where they were showing the holes that he was running through, dude, you could literally drive a truck through those holes, man. Like Jordan Malata, he played outstanding. Him and Landon Dickerson both when DeAndre was running to their side, DeAndre wouldn't get touched for four to five yards, and it was it was really cool to watch that offensive line play last night. Definitely. Um, you know, they'll, they'll never get like, uh, all the credit in the world. That's just, that just comes with the, uh, the positions, the position, you know, it's just, it just always happens. You do the dirty work and you don't get, uh, you don't get all the praise for it. And so they did good. They did great. Um, I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the lanes that opened up in the run game, uh, were behind Landon Dickerson. Um, uh, I feel like he is a, he's a monster. I was, I was, I remember one play, he just, he tossed a guy down and he just, he just, sunned him and it's fun to watch it's fun to watch this team is can be fun to watch they haven't been fun to watch yet besides the under swift but um definitely some potential there uh, i will say this and you know I'm, i don't like saying it because i don't like shitting on other players that are we you about to rain on the parade <laughs> no uh, <laughs> he is miles better than miles sanders um just the way that he actually hit a hole instead of dancing around and trying to go up, cut it outside is you can, it's night and day. Like you can, you can see it. Um, you know, he will bounce outside if he has to, but at the end of the day, he is, he's a lot faster than miles. So he can make it to that edge. Yeah. And I, I I'm not going to say I love miles because I turned on, I turned on him quick um, last year. I still um, love miles, but I mean, I like what miles did for us there for a little while. He didn't do anything in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you that much. No, uh, he got his go. ass whacked on first play and was like, "No, nah, I'm done. I'm checking out." Yeah, uh, don't talk about him. I'll get mad and I'll uh, <laughs> you know, ruin my day. Um, let's move on to some of the uh, the wide receiver play. Obviously, the highest topic of the day was AJ Brown. Of course, uh, 
blowing up on the sidelines. I feel like that this was made out to be bigger than what it is just because Nick Sirianni made it look uglier than what it's supposed to be. Because uh, he went in there and like pushed, kind of shoved AJ away. And, and like, it, I don't think it was that big of a deal. If if you ever played sports in a competitive setting, which I, I hope you would, but if you anything competitively, you feel like you can make a difference. You're going to be upset if you're not given the opportunity. Um, and you know, AJ, AJ's good, but Devontae's also good. At some point in the season, it will even out where teams are going to stop focusing on AJ and Devontae might get the, the top cornerback on, on the opposite team, you know? So at some point it'll, it'll even out. Uh, I, I just, um, unless Devontae is just going to go off this year and for fantasy, for me, great. Absolutely great. Um, but this is definitely, I feel like, blown way out of proportion. I think that this is just like a wide receiver thing. It happens to the best of them want the ball, and I get it. And I don't blame them for it. I'd be frustrated too. Um, Josh, what do you just, think about the AJ thing? Yeah, I think it's overblown. I think, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, anybody who's played competitive sports, you know, they want to contribute. They want to feel like they're, uh, you know, making a difference. He kind of got shut out last night. I mean, a lot of because of the way the Vikings were playing. Uh, not necessarily our game plan or anything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you want to see him be passionate about that. You don't want him to feel like he's not contributing and just be okay with that. You want him to want the ball. You want him to, you know. I mean, you see on the other side, you know, Justin Jefferson going crazy. And, uh, and not Devontae Smith, obviously. So, you know, probably – fires him up more it's a big matchup and uh yeah i think uh it'll all be forgotten soon yeah i don't think it's jealousy um i feel like there's been some people trying trying to twist it that way aj Devonte, and jalen are close you know you know and friends fight brothers fight it it's, just happens it happens um but obviously you know maybe not during the game where everybody can see it, take it out and take it like go in the locker room and then do it. But like I said, not going to worry about it. Uh, Bryson, know you had something to say. Uh, nah, you, you took the point right there. I mean, him and Jalen have had a close relationship ever since they was in high school together. Um, so, well, they didn't go to the same school, but they've been friends ever since they were in high school. So, I mean, you get that kind of, you get that kind of connection with a receiver and their quarterback. I mean, it's okay for them to argue like that. I mean, that's that's fine. They they're both competitors. AJ, like y'all have both said, AJ's a huge competitor. Jalen's a huge competitor. I mean, AJ wants to contribute in any which way that he can to help this team win. And last night he didn't feel like he was able to contribute that much. I would be frustrated too. You know what I mean? So it it ain't nothing to worry about. I mean, I'm pretty sure we had this same incident happen last year with AJ. AJ was frustrated at one point in one game last year, and you kind of saw it too. But, I mean, it's nothing to worry about whoever's kind of upset about it. Um, it's just something that comes with sports. Yep, definitely. And when you get thrown to a competitive environment, it's easy to just let it take over and kind of – just take over how you react. Um, there was a point I was going to make, and I'm drawing a blank now. Um, oh, yeah. The only thing that I, I disliked about that whole situation besides, like, you know, uh, doing it on the field where there's millions and millions of cameras is, like, don't let AJ complain and then force feed him the ball, like, back to back to back. Yeah, it, we had two touchdowns, essentially, uh, from it. Um Obviously, we had the holding call against Rashad Penny and then the non-call pass interference, uh, which was bang-bang. I'll, I'll give it to him, whatever. But it was still pass interference. Um, but, like, you can't let him change the game plan that's working. If, you know, if running the ball is working, we're getting five yards to pop, guess what? We need to run the ball every time because guess how much – guess how many yards you need for the first down? You need ten. Five times two is ten. Boom. Math. Um, but, yeah, that's the only thing I didn't like about it. Uh, I don't think it'll be an issue going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, if it happens again, it, it probably will. But not not going to make a big big deal out of it. Uh, Dallas Goddard, 6 for 22, 
I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. Um, I don't know if they're trying to take him away, which, you know, it uh, seemed like last week Bill Belichick tried to take him away. And this week uh, the Vikings tried to take away everything um, down the field. So maybe that's the cause of it. But uh, anything else about offense before we move on to defense? Really interested to see what Tampa Bay throws at them uh, this next week. If I had to guess, Todd Bowles is going to blitz. That's my guess. He blitz about 47% of the time, it feels like. So, hopefully we're prepared. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, um, I think the passing issues are going to resolve themselves eventually. I mean, we uh, we ran the ball twice as much as we threw it last night. So, uh, you know, but last night showed you can't force us to run because if you do, we're going to do it. And so, uh, I think we're going to have uh, – more open passing game the rest of the season, hopefully. Or, you know, DeAndre Swift can just keep going off for six yards a pop ball game, and I'm okay with that, too. Absolutely. And what a great segue that was. You know, the the best feeling about the Eagles is this offense is talented, and so if they're playing bad or subpar and we're 2-0, and and our biggest worry going into the season was defense, we're good. Because guess what? Defense, with what they were stacked up against, played really well. Reed Blankenship out, James Bradbury out, Kobe Dean out. Uh, Monte Maddox goes out in the second quarter. Um, who else? Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham goes out. Yeah. yeah. Jordan um, Davis went Jordan out for Davis. a little while. Yeah. So you got all these things stacked against you. You got Nicholas Morrow, who was cut two weeks ago. You have Zach Cunningham, who was on the couch five weeks ago. You have Terrell Edmonds, who can't win the, the starting safety job. Now he's thrown into the spot. You got Justin Evans, who I thought wasn't going to make the team at the beginning of the year. So you got all these things, and Sean Desai is is calling a great game. He called a great game, and for a while there, it was a masterclass of a performance by the defense. Um, let's talk about the defensive line real quick. Uh, Jordan Davis and. Oh, Joe Blink. Jalen Carter. Sorry. I saw the names on my laptop and threw me off. Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter are a fantastic duo in the inside. They are great. You got Milton Williams as well, who is also fantastic at what he does, as well as the old man Fletcher Cox. Uh, great interior D-line. Uh, Josh Sweat on the outside. It's fantastic. Derek Barnett is still ass. Uh, he will never be forgiven uh, for that play that he got called out for last night. Where he just completely got lost and had no idea where the ball was. <laughs> oh Lord! Um, I just say I'm thinking of that thing I seen on Twitter last night. Yeah. Somebody somebody quoted that underneath one of those play one of like the previous play that happened with him just turning a circle and they were like, "Good God, where's Derek Barnett going? I guess he's going to get some cigarettes." Yeah. <laughs> that cracked me up, man. I thought that was hilarious. It's just it's just crazy to me because like. We'll, we'll always have a, a spot in our hearts for Derek Barnett because he did recover the, the fumble in the Super Bowl. Um, and you can chalk that up as being in the right place at the right time, you know. But, you know, it, it happened. It happened. We can't, we can't quick, you know. Go quick ahead. question for you guys. Where the fuck has Hassan Reddick been? Uh, that's who I was going to bring up. That's who I was going to bring up. Um, I think he has, for the year, the only stat he has is one tackle. I think it was last week. Uh, am I concerned about Hassan Reddick? It is going to be your next question. Guarantee it. Um, no, I'm not. I think that maybe. I believe last year started the same exact way for him, though. Yeah, and then he had a game with like three sacks, and then they were like, "All right, here he is. Welcome to welcome to the show." I, th- I think he's going to. I think he's going to turn it on um, soon. Probably, probably next week. Maybe I'm pretty sure it was pretty sure it was week three of last year that he that he started playing well. Yeah, and like I feel like he's getting pressure. You know, I feel like he is. I see him like bending the the, the edge right there, but he's just not finishing it. And maybe it has something to do with his thumb. I think he's playing with a wrap, so he just he's probably getting used to it. Um, but this D line is awesome. It's fun to watch watching. That Jordan Davis sack last night, fantastic. He put, you said three guys, two guys? Three guys. Three guys on their ass, and then sack Kirk Cousins. 
And who would have thought that Jordan Davis, who could not get in on a passing down last year, would be leading a team tied, tied, uh, be like tied for the lead in sacks this year. And I know. It's oh, they actually they actually counted that as a sack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's he, awesome, dude. He has he has one and a half this year, tied with Josh Sweat for the same amount. Um, yeah. So uh, so Bryce, talk to me about this D line. Tell tell me how much you love watching these two Georgia Bulldogs just take over games. What it feels like, and uh, what do you expect for the future? So uh, I'm gonna start it off by saying, um, well, first of all, Chase, you know. When I watch a football game, I'm always watching in the trenches. That's where I'm. That's where my eyes are fixed the whole time. I've never. I'm trying to think of a player that has taken such a leap from last year to now, other than Jordan Davis. I am. I cannot be more ecstatic on how this this kid is playing right now, dude. I mean, he is. He's unreal, bro. Like just watching the amount of pressure that he causes um, every time he's in the game. Dude, he is – I hate to say it like this because it makes him seem like just this godlike player, but he's literally unblockable. Like, you can't – like, he's just so big and so quick. A six-foot-six, 340-pound six, man should not be able to move like the way he moves. He runs very fast. He, he very is fast. very quick, dude. Like the pressure, the very first pressure he had on Kirk Cousins, he was in Kirk Cousins' face like immediately. Like Kirk had nowhere that he could really go with that ball. And I have never – I got a shirt in there, dude, and I cannot be more static that by the way he's playing. And it, he's starting to progress as a leader too, which is – I love to see that coming from young players. Um because it, it gives you like a sense of I wouldn't want to say comfort because comfort's a weird word to use, but like like when BG and Fletch retire, you know you're in good hands if that makes like you know that they're you have young guys that are starting to step up and they're take the role. Yeah. yeah. They're gonna take the role of the lead, of the leaders of the team. And same thing with Jalen Carter. He's he's a rookie, but he seems like a leader in that room. A leader to the other rookies leader to some of the guys in his room. He seems like a kid you can really count on. Um, he didn't get a sack last night, but his tackle for loss was pretty awesome to watch. Beat two guys with with a swim move and was right in uh, Alexander Madison's face. Um, I think his sacks will come. I'm pretty sure he – I read the stat before we got in here. I'm, he's up to 11 pressures already in two games. Um that's pretty impressive as a rookie. You don't see that a lot. That's impressive as a D tackle. Yeah. Let alone a rookie. That's very impressive coming from the D tackle position. Um this defensive line is going to carry us to a lot of games this year. I, I I really feel like it. Um but I will say one thing. I think the reason that this team's not getting as many sacks as they can it's coming from our back half, like our linebackers and our safeties. Like they're getting the ball out quick, so that's gonna that's gonna negate a lot of sacks. If we're somehow able to figure that out with our linebackers and our safeties, there's no doubt in my mind that this team cannot have the same amount, if not more, sacks than the team last year. Yeah, and here's the awesome part about it is. Jalen Carter's to what twenty four, Jordan Davis twenty five, or maybe twenty three, twenty four. I can't remember. Um, they're only going to get better, and from this point on, they're they're going to get better. So those the performance you saw week one, week two, they're only going to get better from here. You know, Jordan Davis took football seriously this off season and shed some shed some pounds. You know, which is which is great. You know, because I believe he had he had the lazy tag coming out of high or college as well as Jalen Carter. Yeah, yeah, both of them did. They kind of they had the knock on and that their motor wasn't that great and that they kind of took plays off. But man, you can't you can't ask for much better than they're playing right now. Yeah, and here's the best part: they're they're side by side. Somebody somebody has to go. Somebody's going to draw a double team. Somebody's not, and that person that's not probably going to win it. You know, that's that's awesome and that's exciting to watch. And you know, looking forward to seeing what happens this year. 
Um, I'll yeah. give some props to Fletcher Cox too, man. He's he's played really well, and and I really didn't expect a whole lot from Fletcher this year, but uh, he's still at, in his old age, man. He's still generating pressure, and he's still drawing double teams. He is, and I'm glad he can take a like not take a back seat, um, you know, but essentially he's taking he's taking a step back a little bit he's more he's becoming more of like a like a leader in that room and letting the the young guys kind of get in there and do their thing like i said jordan davis jalen carter Milton williams are three very good young players and i think them three have kind of been your mvps of this team so far absolutely um milton goes he almost goes like unseen sometimes because all the the attention is on Jordan Davis and Joe yeah. Carter. And, and if you like go and break down his game tape from these previous two games, dude, he's he is wreaking havoc himself. Like when he comes in the game, yes, it's very good to see. Uh, the last thing I'll say before I pass it on over to Josh is, you know, it is very nice to see Jordan Davis step up and play the way he has, especially because coming off last year, some people were probably pretty low on him um you know going into this year after watching never lost my faith in that man baby yeah never lost my faith i'll admit it i did uh you know but i also had reasonable expectations um so i'm not going to say i lost my faith i just kind of you know he's playing above expectation for me uh but like even the preseason he didn't do anything crazy you know uh even those like those couple plays that him and Jalen Carter were in there together. Jalen Carter doing all the 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 fancy stuff, but it's, it's so it's it's nice. It's nice seeing Jordan Davis um, become like a pass rusher, you know. Um, so Josh, I know me and Bryce have talked about this D line for about the past five minutes. <laughs> what what are you, what's your opinion on this D line? Do you think that this team, could, this set of guys, could carry us to wins this year, or are we just kind of overreacting the first two weeks? No, you're definitely not overreacting. I think uh, especially um, – I'm glad you guys did include Milton Williams there, but especially Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis um, not only have the potential to carry us to wins this year, but, I mean, I can't wait to watch them the next 10 years, see how good these two get together. Um, I mean, I think we're just super lucky as Eagles fans to have this duo at defensive tackle. Uh, just check, they're 22 and 23. So they are very young. My where, where God, man. <laughs> Thank you for um, checking that. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Jordan Davis especially. I mean, I had uh, I was very high on him coming out of Georgia, and I know the big knock against him was that he wasn't a uh, like a three down player. Um, partially, I think, due to the fact that he wasn't known as a pass rusher, and also just his stamina wasn't up for it. Josh, I got a quick question to throw in there for you. Um, <laughs> do you think possibly, like, when you have players coming out of college like that, that mm-hmm. they're that their questions are that they're not going to be a great pass rusher in the NFL. Do you think possibly that might be a schematic thing in college? Like they're just running the wrong schemes and they're asking them to do stuff that, that they have the potential to do. They're just not asking them to do that, which I can see it coming from Jordan Davis. Cause I mean, he's a big dude. You're not going to expect him to rush the passer, but clearly he has the athletic ability to do it. Yeah, it can definitely be a scheme thing. I think especially at a school like Georgia where you have, like, so much talent on defense, you don't need him to do anything extra. So you just want him to play his role. Um, that could definitely be a big factor. Um, but like you said also, Chase, uh, you know, him taking this offseason to really take football seriously and shed some weight so that he does, you know, improve that stamina, make him even more mobile and uh, just be able to play more and play better, I think uh, goes a long way. Um yeah, just uh, the future is bright at defensive tackle, and uh, I think it's definitely gonna you know carry us to some wins this year. Shout out Howie, shout out to the teams that pass on Jalen Carter for sure. Uh, two things yeah. to really wrap it up. Um, one, Amazon, big fu for talking about the Jalen yeah, Carter. Yeah, what thing. the hell was that about? That's weird. That's really really weird. Um, to like leave it alone like i mean i i get it you know whoever said that whatever female reporter was the one that was talking about that get amazon get her ass out of here bro like you're throwing this man's 
Like you're just throwing stuff that he don't even want to think about in front of 20 million people, bro. What are you talking about? This is a football game. This ain't court. Yeah. I don't know what what is this? Yeah, it's just it's just weird to me. Like like obviously at some point, you know, you have to kind of face, you know, what what happened, but it's like there was, there was no reason for it. Like just talk about it, I guess, before the game, talk about it after the game, you know, but why why are we talking about it in the middle of the game for? For some reason it's like I understand it through the draft process. You can talk about it because it's happened with everybody. Like everybody who's had anything going in the draft process. Joe Mixon had it when that when he had that assault thing at Oklahoma. Jeffrey Simmons had it when he was at Michigan State or Mississippi State. Uh, he got talked about bad. Guess what? Both those players are really good players in the NFL. I understand you can talk about it in the draft process, but holy shit, man! I mean, this kid's a rookie and he's trying to make his way in this league everybody makes mistakes dude we get it and this whole no i ain't gonna get into that because i think because his case is his thing is weird it, it's weird to me like he wasn't even in the vehicle you know what i mean like i i don't i don't understand it yeah but. so i want to put this disclaimer out there we don't we obviously know that you know the bad, the things that happen, they're bad. They're really bad. Um, you know, it it happens. I don't want to say it happens because I feel like I'm excusing it. I'm not excusing it. But there's a time and place to talk about these things and maybe not talk about it. Mercy Night Football in front of 20 million people is not one of the places to talk ex- about. It. Exactly. Don't you don't have to bring it up. And so, like, was he was he he played no contest? So I guess whatever. We're not going to get in the legal system. Screw that. Uh, the second, the last thing I'd say was Georgia rotates their because you got to talk about like scheme and whatnot. Georgia rotates their D line like constantly, so not really one players to shine. You see like bits and pieces of them. Um, obviously, they shine enough to get picked in the first round, but most of that is like athleticism and um, like combine scores, you know. Because uh, I don't think I don't think Jordan Davis would have went that that crazy high if he didn't run that forty the way he ran that forty. Uh, can't remember what he ran. What he run? Four six, four six, four six, four six, four six. As a big man like that, that's that's crazy. That, if I saw that big man running towards me at, at a four six speed, I, I'm, I'd run away. I couldn't run away. Oh shit, my me. pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, shitting pants, um, it actually has nothing to do with our next topic, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the linebackers. Uh, I just want to say this real quick. Uh, Go ahead and get your. Go ahead and give him your flowers since you kind of shit on him. Which one? Nicholas Morrow? <laughs> I love Nicholas Morrow, man. He, he <laughs> uh, the, the switch up is really crazy because I, I, I love him. I hope he stays around. Uh he was he was very solid uh last night. He was he was I don't think he got exposed in like pass coverage or anything like that. I feel like he was a decent pass coverage linebacker anyway. Um I feel like he was all over the field. Um if he didn't make, get the tackle, he was there. He was there. Uh, he clogged up lanes um, in the run game. And he had the green dot last night. He had the green dot. And he played That's a impressive. lot more than I thought he would. Because there was talk about rotating him and Christian Ellison. And I'm glad that they didn't do it. Because Nicholas Morrow had a, a heck of a game uh, given the circumstances. Zach Cunningham was a team in tackles with eight. Uh, Zach was everywhere, too. Uh, he he was everywhere. He was, definitely was everywhere. He he improved on his pass coverage from from last week. Last week, it just it seemed like he didn't trust his teammates around him, and uh, you know because he wouldn't pass off a receiver or he, he followed a receiver too long, which opened up um, end zone coverage. Uh, he would he would uh, you know follow the receiver a little bit too long and open up another receiver. Uh, so he he was passing off uh, receivers last night and following them because he he defended Justin Jefferson last night. You see that. Incomplete. I did see that. I mean, I know Fletcher Cox they got <clears throat> his arm on Kirk Cousins' shoulder, but hey, who cares? He, he, he was the reason why that was incomplete. Uh, so my props to Zach Cunningham and Nicholas. Shout Cunningham. out Howie, good signing. Yeah, right, right now at least. Right. Yeah, for this for this week, great, great signing <laughs> uh, to be determined for the future. Uh, but like I said at the beginning of you know talking about the defense is. We, they were ready to play, and the circumstances were not pretty with Reed, Reed being out, 
Nakobe being out, James Bradbury being out. You have players who like Josh Job, who we'll get to in a second. You know, he he has first start in the NFL. Sidney Brown, who hasn't touched defense really. He had to play some defensive snaps. Justin Evans, who, like I said, was who we thought would make the team once he got signed. He's he's making plays. I'm not saying he's good, but he's making plays. So like, but this linebacker group had a very solid performance after a shaky first game. And going forward, do I feel more confident? I have to, you know, because they showed me something. Um, so so Bryce, time time for you to talk about the linebacking group. Um, what do you, what do you think about last night? So I'm gonna hit on Zach Cunningham for a little bit. Um, I knew like when we first signed him and Miles Jack, Eagles legend, by the way. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> We signed him. Um, a lot of people on Twitter were very high on Miles Jack. They were like, he was because he's the more common name, I guess, to like the people who just scratch the surface with the NFL. Like, don't oh, yeah, watch it because deeply. the Jaguars and that. Yeah, you know, he's part of that that very good defense. Yeah. So I will. Zach Cunningham has had a way more consistent year. I mean, way more consistent career in the NFL than Miles Jack has. Um, Zach Cunningham, to me, when he was in Houston, uh, I wanted the Eagles to draft him when he was coming out of college. Uh, he was a really good player. Uh, led the league in tackles for Houston a couple times, or at least once I know of. Um, but I just didn't think there was a way for him to be on the street if that made sense. Like, there was, there's no way that there's other linebackers on teams that are just completely just way better than Zach Cunningham. Um, and he's he's looked really good, I think. Um, like you said, he kind of he kind of looked lost the first week. But I don't necessarily think it's on him. He's dealing with a new scheme that he's just starting. He he's been here, what, five weeks, you said? Five weeks. Yeah. He, he, he wasn't here the whole training camp. Like he doesn't, he wasn't here in OTAs, training camp, nothing like that. So I mean, give us time, give him time to settle in. Um, uh, he impressed me last night, man. Uh, I think our linebackers were very relentless to the football last night. Um, uh, Zach and Nicholas Morrow both they they both looked really good last night. I thought. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what they do with Christian Ellis when Nicobe Dean comes back, if Nicholas Morrow continues to play the way he has um, lately. I'm sure – I don't think they'll put him on the practice squad. They'll probably keep him around moving to special teams. Yeah, um, they'll probably keep four and just move Christian Ellis to just straight up special teams. Yeah. Um, but, no, overall, I think they looked good last night, man. Uh, they looked they looked good, but the biggest thing from them, they didn't make mistakes. That's the like they didn't call they didn't they didn't look bad and look clueless out there. That's that's the takeaway from it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they allowed so linebackers obviously play a very pivotal role in uh, you know run defense because obviously there are going to be times the running back gets that second level, and guess who's there? The linebackers. So they allowed. I can't think. I can't remember seventy two yards first first week and then twenty eight this week. Obviously, it's not all on the linebackers for those small totals. Um, defensive line definitely has a lot to do with it. But, you know, the linebackers didn't let them break off any huge runs. Uh, Alexander Madison's longest run was seven yards. Guess I don't think he's a good player, by the way. Alexander Madison, we'll say that for another yeah. day. Um, but um, I think he's okay. But, um, but yeah, uh, Josh, I know – I know that I'm excited about the linebackers. Um, are you still kind of excited going forward now that we've seen some type of like positivity coming from this group, or are you still kind of, you know, kind of worried? Um, I'm not as worried as I was. I'd say they definitely put me at ease over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to win us any games, but it, you know, like to see last night, um, you know, I don't think they're going to cost us any games if they keep playing that way. Um, I mean, they, they played solid. Uh, like Bryce said, they didn't really make mistakes, which is really the most you can ask for them. You're not asking them to be superstars. 
And you just want them to, you know, play their role, play solid, minimize the mistakes and let the, uh, you know, let our bigger name players and such do their jobs. So um, at this point, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm comfortable with who we have. I don't think we need to make any moves at linebacker, um, which coming into the season, I wasn't sure about, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. There we go. You heard it here first. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I call me a fan of Nicholas Morrow uh, until he until he makes me mad next week. Uh, call me a fan. Uh, I like the guy. Um, nice little story because, like I said, he was on the he was on the practice squad. We got him. He didn't sign until late, and now he's back. And so, if he can have a great year, I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, moving on. Go to the secondary. Uh, before we get to actually talking about the secondary, uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, a lot of chatter going on in the NFL world um, about the touchback rule. Uh, I know that it benefited us last night, um, but I don't hate the rule. Uh, like, I don't hate it. I feel like you have to punish the offense at some point if the ball goes out of bounds. Football is the only sport where if the ball goes on a, out of bounds, the offense doesn't get punished for it. They get rewarded. Um, so I offered this in our fence football group chat earlier, um, a solution. And I feel like this solution would benefit the NFL as far as, you know, quality product on the TV and, and viewership. If the ball goes out of bounds, it's a free-for-all. 53 men fighting for the ball. Whoever gets it back inbounds keeps it. You, you <laughs> a fucking full-on rugby scrum on the sideline. You can take off a helmet and use it as a weapon if you want, but just know somebody can punch you in the mouth. <laughs> so, you know, just full-on WWE, you know, all-out, just Stone Coast Stunners <laughs> handed out left and right. Couple RKOs out of nowhere, Swanton bombs coming for the fans. I don't care. <laughs> a little, a little, a little hectic, but I don't hate it. I don't hate that rule. I think that that it sucks. Let me tell you, it does suck because you know somebody made a point on Twitter that you know if he fumbled it six inches this way, they get the ball at the one yard line. But since he fumbled it this way, the touchback. Uh, Bryce, I'm actually curious how you view the rule. Um, I've always, I mean, I've never viewed the rule as a problem, really. Uh, I can understand where people come from, like, with them having an issue about it. But, um, like you said, man, if the offense makes mistakes, you got to, I mean, somebody's got to be punished for it. Like, I don't know. I've always grown up with the touchback rule being in effect. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just hard for me to see it changing. I don't think it will. Um, I remember – the very the one game that I remember specifically and it had like a big like outcome to it was like the Lions and Seahawks game uh when Calvin Johnson uh fumbled the ball in the end zone uh and went out the back. I remember that game having a pretty sure it ended because of that. But uh wait, is that the one where he poked out like this? Um something like that. Uh, like Cam Chancellor came behind him and like knocked the ball out and it rolled out the back of the end zone, but I don't know, man. I've grown up with the touchback rule. I don't like you said. I don't see like them. I don't see a way a way of them like changing it. There's not a solution. There's not a solution. Yeah, that all. There's, there's nothing you can do to fix it, really. But besides just giving the ball back to the offense, I I don't know. I guess you could say if you fumble it through the end zone, fuck it. Offense gets the ball back at like twenty five yard line or something. But nah. Oh, that's just stupid. That's just weird. <laughs> yeah, and you bring up a great point, and that's that's what I was thinking about is we, uh, that rule's been around since I can remember. So, like, if it's they, not if, like it's new. Yeah, if the rules were reversed, I've been saying <clears throat> there's no fucking way you could prove that that ball was fumbled, uh, like, what was it, over the pylon? Yeah, like, yeah. you can't like, you can't prove that. Like, what are you talking about, even though they definitely could? I'd be more bad about, mad about that, but I would expect that outcome. So, like, I'm not – I wasn't mad about it. I didn't care. Yeah. So, um, Josh, you got anything you want to add about that rule? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you want to imp implement the WWE rule that I just kind of you know, proposed? Um. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird rule. I don't know, like, what the best solution really is. <laughs> WWE rule would be pretty fun. I think that would add an interesting <laughs> wrinkle. 
Um, or maybe even just like, you know, put the ball at midfield. Each team sends out one player and the line up and like one, three, two, one go. And they both go for it. But uh, I'm sending out Jordan Davis <laughs> every time. Every time. <laughs> uh, maybe my lotto once in a while. I'll mix it up. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, um, so that'd be fun. But yeah, I mean, it's a, I don't know what the solution really is. And so, since the current rule has been around so long, I'm just kind of used to it. So it's weird, but it is what it is. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, um, but since it happened, Twitter informed me that years ago, if the offense fumbled the ball out of bounds, the defense got the ball. And I tell you what, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Because at some point, you got to punish the offense for letting go of that ball. Um, but, um, you know, there's a big play uh, in the game. Like a turning point, actually, because that would have been seven. I'm not going to lie to you. That would have been seven. Um and Terrell Edmonds got the tackle. Got, he got the forced fumble, which he didn't force anything um, at all. Um, but, yeah, overall, the secondary last night was solid, I feel like, given the circumstances. Mario Goodrich was ass. But, um, yeah, Eli Ricks needs to try to make a appearance on the slide. I doubt it ever happens, but I don't know. Maybe. Mario Goodrich did not look good. <laughs> yeah. Um Let's see, Darius Slay. Uh, I know, I know Justin Jefferson put up uh, eleven for one fifty nine, but I feel like Darius Slay didn't get killed. I feel like that was just a great battle. Uh, I feel like Darius Slay won some, he lost some. That's, that's what you're going to get whenever you know it's it's two elite talents going up um, back and forth. Um, and a lot of the, some of those catches were like um, whenever the Eagles were in zone, um, so it wasn't just strictly Darius Slay's matchup. Who else? Who else had a game? Avante Maddox, like I said, is out for the year with a torn pec. Uh, who who could have saw it coming? Who could have saw it coming? Me. Um, but I hope, I hope it gets better. You know, I don't wish ill will towards anybody. Um, you know, it's just it's frustrating because Avante Maddox is very talented at what he does, and to see him consistently get hurt every single year is frustrating and. Like I said, I hate it because it's not something he can control. But like, as a fan, it's just it's so frustrating. Um, Isaiah Rogers season next year, baby. (laughs) Stay off a Fanduel, baby. Um, (laughs) Let's see who else we got to talk about. Justin Evans made a couple plays. Um, Didn't didn't look too terrible. Uh, I wish he would take off them damn sleeves, man. Them them Sam Bradford (laughs) sleeves, sleeves that he's wearing are. Awful, they're garbage, and I wish he would stop. That eagle does fly in the wind, though. Whenever he gets to running, and the, the, the sleeves start, start flapping. Uh, so he has that going for him. He had a forced fumble last night. I give him yeah, that. Had a forced fumble, sure did. Um, what else? What else? Um, Josh, Job. Josh Joby. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about him. Um, overall, I feel like he had a solid game. Um, I think the. I think that touchdown was not on him. I don't think it was. I think that was a good. I think that was a really good play by Kirk Cousins. I think that was Terrell Edmonds in coverage. If Justin I'm, Evans. It was. Are you sure about that? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure. Uh, 100% positive. He looked Justin Evans off with his right. eyes and just kind of. I retract my statement. Then Justin Evans was fucked up in pass coverage. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, he was definitely expecting some safety help because he definitely just gave up the inside. He had outside leverage and just kind of, you know, was like, hey. Where yet? But uh, <laughs> even though he didn't have safety help, he had opportunity to make the tackle. He did not make the tackle, so that is a negative that I'm going to give him for that specific play. Other than that, relatively quiet. Um, so can't say that's a bad thing. You know, um, pretty good. Um, let's see. Anybody else that I can think of? Am I missing somebody? Sidney Brown got in. Uh, tried to kill uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Didn't do it, but. He did. He tried. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Bryce. Mm, uh, just the Josh Job thing. I remember that KJ Osborne touchdown where he's just wide open. Looked like a little miscommunication there, but uh, I don't know. We'll get it fixed. But other than that, I don't know. Special teams. Hey, Jake Elliott, you're the fucking goat, dude. Uh, there's that was incredible, bro. <laughs> I was just transitioned to another. Another squad? Yeah, I did. You said anything <laughs> else? I mean, I, didn't, I can't think of anything else. Hey, we, got, we got three. We got three people here. Well, hey, 
pass, let it pass, fly. Pass the talking stick, Josh. Um, anyway, I think you guys put it well. Uh, Josh Job, is it Job or Joby? I don't know. I think, I think it's Job. It's Job. Josh Job. Um, yeah, I mean the uh, the, the Addison touchdown didn't look great, but I, like you guys said, I don't think that was on him. He was expecting safety help over the top or on the inside. But uh, he did miss the tackle there, so that is still on him at the end of the day. But um, you know, I mean, he was an undrafted rookie last year, so I mean, it's not you can't expect too much out of him. And also, you know, not expecting to be the starter coming into the year. You know, Bradbury will be back, and uh, yeah. I think he played really well, though, from from yeah. what he had to do. For what he had to do, and for his experience and everything, uh, really couldn't realistically ask more of him or expect more of him. Um, yeah. And, about uh Justin Jefferson, I mean, he was. I think he definitely like wanted to make a point to play a lot better than he did in the last matchup against Darius Slay. So it's nice that we were able to keep him out of the end zone, and uh, I think it was a good battle. You know, he had what eleven catches for like a hundred and fifty something yards, yeah, yeah. one fifty two, I believe. Um, so you know, not ideal, but uh, I mean, he's arguably the top receiver in the league. If he's not, then he's top three. And so, yeah, I mean, and he had a point to prove, so. Yeah, uh, last thing before we move on to special teams, because at the end of the day, I'm the host here. I control where it went and where we talk about. Um, so, Justin Jefferson, I feel bad for him because he has, like, almost 300 yards in two games and no touchdowns and not a win to show for it. Um, kind of sad. I kind of like him He's because he kind of – he kind of showed me something last night where he was just like, hey, it's on me, you know, and he was like, he's kind of being a leader and, you know, that that's awesome. That's awesome to, to watch and, uh, you know, good for him. I hope he has a good year um, because I have him fantasy first and foremost um, and I have Kirk as well, but whatever. Um, secondly, we have 10 days to get it right on defense because with Avante Maddox out, the question is slot corner. Um, during the training camp, James Bradbury did, um, you know, take a lot of snaps in the slot. And so that would put Josh Job in on the outside. And so we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, there has to be a move that is made, whether it's a safety or a cornerback, soon. Um, definitely before we start playing the Dolphins and the Bills and the 49ers, uh, fuck the 49ers, but, and the Cowboys and probably even the commanders to be honest with you. Cause they have, they have water seeders. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, be interesting to see what we come up with. Uh, cause we lost Josiah Scott. Don't, don't care. Um, and then, uh, Zach McPherson was the backup slot. He's gone as well, uh, due to injury. Um, so let's move on to special teams and then we can wrap this thing up and get on, get up on out of here. Uh, special team. Let's start with Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott's two for three, missed a 54 yarder, I think 50, something like that. 55, yeah. 55, not a chip shot. Definitely, definitely, um, a tough kick. Um, you know, but we kind of expect Jake to make them. Um, wasn't mad at him though, because he, he immediately followed it up with a 61 yard field goal, um, right before the half ended. And immediately, I thought about the Giants game. Um, it was great. It was great. I feel like Jake could have made it from like 65, 66. Um, I, know, I don't think it, Amazon had the uh, like the little thing on the bottom that said would make from like this amount of yards. I don't think they had it for that kick. Maybe mad. Um, but Jake was great. Uh, Aaron Sipos, it's bad. Um, still wish we'd have a different punter. We have 10 days still. I cannot emphasize this enough. We have 10 days to fix our problems. And punter is a problem. Uh, last but not least, then I'll stop talking. Uh, Britton Covey, the hate train is back, baby. Uh, fumble the ball. Uh, get him out of here. Uh, you know, he was he was okay last year towards the end. But, man, you have, you have one thing you're good at, and that is keeping the ball safe, and he just coughed it up. Uh, so... Not good. Uh, Bryce, uh, special teams is a big part of the game, yet we talk about it so little. Um, give me your takeaway from last night's game. Um, uh, Sipos is just – he's not it, man. Uh, that's my biggest thing. Uh, like you said, Britton Covey hate trains back. 
Um, Britain, you suck. Somebody out there uh, in the world, please come return punts for the Eagles, um, who is very competent of doing that. Somebody. Um, I don't know, Jake Elliott. That's that was pretty impressive last night. Um, kind of had the thing in our Eagles in our fantasy football group chat. Uh, not gonna name any names. Somebody wanted to talk shit about Jake Elliott after the missed fifty yarder and came up for that. Chase immediately texted me. He said, "I'm about to light somebody, <laughs> about to light so and so's ass up if Jake makes this kick." And as soon as Jake kicked it off his foot, I was like, I immediately went to the group. <laughs> yeah, immediately went to the group chat, and uh, it was a full on onslaught from there. Um, but Jake, uh, he's an elite kicker in this league, man. Very, very elite. Um, that's all I really got to say about special teams. All right, Josh, take us away. Yeah, Sipos uh, sucks. Jake Elliott is the goat. That's all I got. Thank you. Thank you. Short and sweet to the point. Uh, so to wrap up this episode of the link lineup, um, you know, this is a weird week for us because, you know, we couldn't do a preview show really because we had the review show and we play on Thursday. So this is a review show instead of a preview show where we'd make the picks for all the games. So this week, I'm not going to do that this week. We're just going to take a, take a bye week for this, um, for this, uh, this week. Um, so next week, we uh the schedule is still gonna be funky and it's only for these these uh these two weeks so next week we are we are gonna record on monday to do the preview show and we'll probably release that thursday or friday of next week and then we will probably have to do a preview and review show at the same time for the following week um, because me and bryce will be in tampa for the game and we just won't be we're not we're not going to record because we're on vacation um at least i am and uh i don't wanna record with my uh, my sweetheart there and uh have her be upset so I'm not going to do that to myself news oh yeah uh Rashawn Evans is no longer on the practice squad and Trey Sermon is waived away from injury reserve yep so breaking news there i guess if you want to call it that uh, so yeah, we'll do a preview review show and uh, release that that Saturday. Um, Bryce is gone. I don't know where he went, but uh, he's gone. Uh, didn't say goodbye or anything. Uh, so yeah, that is the uh, that's the show. Um, what a time! What a time! Glad uh glad his uh oh his laptop shut off. So what a time uh, for that to happen. Um, so. For the last 10 seconds of this episode, we are going to say goodbye. Um, thank you for watching, as always. Uh, if you if you like us and you want to give us a nice little rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, do that. Tell us you love us. Uh, I'll, I'll even read it out on, on the show to make you feel like uh made a difference in our lives, which you, which you did, if you do that. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you see our faces, uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. Um, you know, that's that's pretty much it. We, we'd like that. We'd appreciate that. Um, yes. like, yeah. Like I said, thank you as always for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, until next time, uh, go birds. Go birds.